just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Rob and Callie Show. My name's Rob Kay, and we're going to have a show tonight that's a little bit long distance. Callie (laughs) is out of town. What's up, Callie Alpert? How you doing, Robbie? I'm saying hello to you from my motherland of Portland, Oregon. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing good. Saying hello from motherland New York City. Not like Portland, though. How's Portland doing? Well, you know, anybody who knows me knows what a a huge affinity I have for this town and how I've lived here. I lived here for a short period of time back in 2009, and I've come back a lot since. And in my mind, I live here regularly, so I'm just working on manifesting that. (laughs) Right. I just uh, took a beautiful, in in deference to our show last week about nature and hugging trees, I just took a beautiful three-hour hike in a fairy forest and then practically had to run down the hill to make sure I was on time for us. Well, that sounds really nice, and thanks for making it back in time for the show. Everybody's really glad you made it. We want to welcome all the listeners to the show, and if you want to call in tonight, the number is 877-480-4120. We have a new sponsor, we have a new sponsor to the show, so thank you to Gibraltar Home Improvements. We welcome you to the Robin Callie Show. So tonight, Callie has a topic that she is going to bring up. Take it away, Callie. Oh, that I came up with all by myself. But first of all, I should say I'm in my portable um, studio, otherwise known as my rental car, pulled on the side of a street in like a little quiet neighborhood. So if it sounds funny or if anybody detects a delay between uh, our New York representative and me in the car, you'll know why. So I just have to say that as our disclaimer. All right. All um, right. So tonight we are going to talk about the subject of grieving. And grieving is something that, as you know, we human beings cannot escape, and I think often is associated um, most often with death. The reason, and, and we, you and I can both talk a lot about that, because, you know, we, like everybody, have had um, our experiences around uh, losing people. Yeah. And I think um, before actually I get into the more current version of um, grieving and what sort of prompted this conversation... You know, I think back to um, we, when you're growing up and you're younger, obviously you feel more indispensable and life feels like it goes on forever. And death, if you're, you know, like most people and reasonably fortunate, you're not losing a lot of people around you. Certainly people have different storylines. And then as you start getting older, you lose family members and parents and relatives and grandparents. Um and, you know, for me, it was 14 years ago when I lost my uh, boyfriend, who is my dear kindred spirit, um, someone that was very, very um, special to me, and lost him pretty um, pretty suddenly. And that was the first time that I had experienced grief in sort of a quote-unquote adult way. And it, like anybody who's gone through it can appreciate, is a very, very difficult, challenging thing. And beyond all the obvious sorrow that you go through, there's so many different, you know, there's the, is it um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, seven, is it seven stages of, um, of uh, grief, right? I, we go through I, Yeah, I think it's five stages of grief. Plenty of stages in between that I'm not remembering right now and ultimately acceptance. And, you know, I remember after um, this person passed away, like in the first two days, I said to a friend of mine, how long is this pain going to last? 
And she looked me right in the eye and she said, a very long time, which is the truth. You know, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of people around me now that have recently lost um, parents or loved ones. And so, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them just in watching them go through this process. But more recently, um, the reason it came up is you said it to me on the phone. You were counseling me through something that I was really upset about. And it was uh, about somebody who came back into my life in the last like six or seven months. Mm-hmm. And there was the promise of a very, very um, beautiful, special relationship um, that, you know, began as friendship and had the possibility of turning into something very um, special romantically because there's a real kindred connection. It's very deep um, and special. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just can't be. And um, it's not something that, you know, that is happening right now. And so as I've been going through my process of dealing with that, you've had... <laughs> You've had the pleasure of listening to me cry on the phone. Um, and I think I was sort of going through something um, last week, and you said to me, you know, you're sort of grieving, like this is, you're mourning this. And it hit me that, you know, mourning happens in so many different ways in our life, in our gaze every day. There's, there's small and large versions of mourning. So that was the prompt for this conversation tonight. Yeah, yeah, well, and it's my honor to be friends with you and, to help you anytime you feel a loss. And I think that's what we're talking about. We all as human beings experience losses in our life. And that is pretty much for me, that's what grieving about. That's what grieving is about. And to go back to what you said, I think it's the five stages of grieving. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. So they're denial, bargaining, depression, anger, and then acceptance. And I think in general, most people experience a linear experience with that, but we bounce around from one to another. It's not like we're always in acceptance. I think it's a, a process, and then we keep getting better and better to accept the loss. And for me, it's been that way. You know, whatever the loss has been in anyone's life, whether your parents got divorced or you got your heart broken in romance and a relationship that didn't work out, if you had dreams for a career that didn't work out the way you thought and that was a loss, or if you've experienced loved ones who've passed away, I think we all go through those stages of grieving. And me, in my case, just talking about my dad and my grandfather, who I was really close to, my pop, um, you know, I've gone through all those stages, but there are still times, and you know, it's been years since they passed, where I still cry as if they passed away yesterday. And I think that's part of loss, is getting the pain out. And I call it clearing a space for love and abundance to have a home. And so there are kind of, you know, two different grievings we're talking about. When someone leaves your life in whatever way, whether they pass or they end a relationship or, you know, you have the loss of that relationship, that's one type of healing that needs to happen and to get the tears out and to get the pain out and to grieve it so that we can move on, you know, truly let go and move on. And I think that's usually the goal as far as grieving. It's to get it out so that we we can move on to the next stage of our life. The other are the wounds, you know, I call like the broken heart. You know, it's it's um, growing up as children, we start experiencing a broken heart sometimes. And then as an adult, if we don't eventually face that pain, because I've always said the pain won't be denied. It's going to come out some way. Either yeah, it's going to come definitely. out, it's going to come out sideways, or I'm going to face it head on and I'm going to address it and I'm going to get that pain out and I'm going to heal so that I can deactivate all those triggers that are that are around the pain and that I don't keep repeating that pattern as an adult. So there's a lot of different 
types of grieving that we're talking about, like you said. Well, thank you. You just covered all of my whole like rundown that I'm sitting staring at, like every single every single point. So I appreciate that. Well, um, what's really great about that is now we're just going to totally be organic. We're just going to have a show. <laughs> you mean I can't? You mean I have to put my notes away? Um, I'll put mine down as well. Go ahead. So yeah, I think I'm, and, and we should go back and, and really address this because I think that um, again, grieving in the most severe, extreme way is when somebody leaves this planet, and I think that's where people probably we as a society are most apt to give ourselves permission to to feel it if we even do that, you know, and it's a really ugly, arduous, difficult process. You know, when I went through that, just to um, start with the most extreme version of grief, at least for me personally, you know, I wasn't even in my body for a year, you know, and I had floating anxiety and depression and I had to go on medication just to get myself back into a place where my feet were touching the ground. You know, people go through obviously very severe versions of um, of reactions and depression very naturally with these kinds of situations where you get paralyzed and your life gets put on hold and, you know, there's obviously a whole process. Um, and I also remember skipping the anger stage. Uh, somehow I really never got to that and it was very genuine. I kept waiting for it to happen and was ready to welcome it and it never came. So I, I think that um, while these are all guidelines and there's a lot of professionals that have written about this topic over the years, everyone has their own very unique experience. But I do think it's worthy now just to, to back into um, some of the topics that you brought up because, you know, a death on some level happens in our lives every day. And, you know, this morning I had um, breakfast with a, um, a, a close a girlfriend of mine um, who was going through a uh, divorce and was sharing her story with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things she said to me is that right now she feels like she's really cracked open and starting with a clean white slate and she has to rebuild everything. And she um, ended up choosing um, another person um, that she felt was more suited for the, you know, the next chapter of her life than the man that she's been with for a very long time and with whom she built a family and a household and the whole thing. So it's been, and she was talking about a very severe um, depression that she's just climbing out of since she and I've seen each other, which has been, you know, a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of people around me, which who go through the same thing. So, but then, like you said, there's also versions of it. I mean, you know, it can be a job. Um, you know, I think about the last time I had a full-time gainful job was two, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that required a mourning period. You mourn a paycheck. You mourn a cat, you know, cachet. You mourn the identity that comes with it. You know, I think of so many people that had, um, jobs, maybe especially like in the financial world in Wall Street before, you know, 2008, and that I've been struggling the aftermath of that since, who define themselves solely by being these huge money makers and had no other part of their life really evolved. And so when that fell apart from underneath them, a lot of them really lost their way in very, you know, intense versions of that because they had never identified themselves with anything what but what they were producing on paper and the amount of you know dollars that they were making so yeah. all of these things require you know um grieving mourning period 
Well, and I think when we're in the grieving, especially in the beginning, it seems like it'll never end. And it always gets better. It always gets better. If anyone's listening tonight and they've experienced a loss recently, we just want you to know it'll get better. You know, it may not seem that way. And I've experienced that myself, you know, where the pain in the beginning was just so intense and confusing and and overwhelming. And how am I, how am I going to get through this? And then eventually day by day, as we allow ourselves to be human beings and to have our feelings and express the sadness instead of hold it in or shove it down or deny it, then we can get better and heal, you know, whatever we're going through. I think the word goodbye is such a powerful word. And a lot of times it's a very painful word to hear or experience in any way of our life, to have someone or something leave our life, especially if we've had a relationship with them or something that's important to us. There definitely is a space there and figuring out what to do with that space or just experiencing that space and then having the faith that someone or something will come into our life and fill that space. You know, that's part of the work and also having the support with a lot of good people around to keep us going until that happens. So with that, we're going to talk about our new sponsor and our new sponsor just happens to be Gibraltar home improvements since 1970. Yes. Yes. Isn't this exciting, Callie? It is. So I love a sponsor. I love me some sponsorship. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. So since 1979, Gibraltar has been serving the five boroughs of New York and Nassau County. They do incredible work for any of your home remodeling needs, such as interior work on kitchens, bathrooms, basements, new flooring, painting, and they also do exterior work for roofing, masonry, siding, and windows. They're licensed, insured, bonded. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. So when it comes to your home and you want to alter... Don't forget to call Gibraltar. Go to their website at Nice. You like that, huh? Nice one, yeah. There you Do go. You set up all by yourself. Well, me and and uh, Danny over at Gibraltar. We, that's his. That's Very his nice. tagline. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah, so if you want to call Gibraltar, go to their website at Gibraltar.com. That's G-I-B-R-A-L-T-A-R-H-I.com. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Robin Callie Show. If you want to call in, the number is 877-480-4120. And we are sponsored tonight by Gibraltar Home Improvements. The website is GibraltarHI.com. So with that, we're tonight we're talking about grieving, experiencing loss in your life. And if you want to call in and join the conversation, feel free. Callie, is there something you wanted to say? <laughs> I have a lot to say. This show is going very quickly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things when I think about grieving, you know, I had the um, good fortune of working with um, John Edward, the psychic medium, many years ago on his television show. And he, um, you know, whether you believe in this stuff or not is sort of irrelevant to my point, which is that, you know, he used to tell a lot of people that as soon as they lost somebody that were very, very hungry to make a connection and use him as a channel for that, that number one, he wouldn't do readings too, um, too near to the loss and number two, that you can't skip steps. And so I really want to talk about this you can't skip steps part. Yeah. Because it's um, it's very easy to rationalize loss, to spiritualize it away, 
to eat it away, to drink it away, to smoke it away, and you really can't skip the steps because they'll just get buried in another corner of, you know, of your body. Um, I think to your point that you made earlier, um, which would be nice maybe to spend a little time in the second half of the show on, is that, uh, you know, loss doesn't have to be um, the loss of something or, or someone that was, quote, unquote, good for us. You know, loss and mourning can also be things that we're changing, habits that we're breaking, thinking that we're reprogramming, um, you know, scripts that we're trying to rewrite for ourselves, patterns that we're trying to, you know, to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can relate to that, too, and I just think about choices that I've made in relationships and or um, in jobs or place times where I was maybe misaligned with myself in whatever capacity mm-hmm. because there was something familiar and habitual about it. And if I want to get real honest and dig deep, as much as I've maybe on the surface lost a person or a situation or a job or a circumstance, um, and that can be very sad, Mm -hmm. once I get past that initial sadness and try to dig underneath it and learn from it, Mm -hmm. I think the deeper mourning really comes from cracking yourself open and being kind of free-falling in the unfamiliar yeah. Um, you know, it sort of speaks to us. That's a whole different kind of grieving. You're almost like grieving who you were or the wounds that you had mm. or the child that you were. And I think it's, you know, it's important for people to also, for all of us, to give ourselves permission to know that those things also warrant a, a mourning period. Yeah. You know, you could quit drinking or smoking and mourn that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, when I quit cigarettes, I lost like my best friend at that time, you know, I was so used to having cigarettes all the time around me just to keep me company sometimes. And yeah, definitely. I went through grieving with that. You were talking about change. And I think, you know, change is always happening. I mean, like you said, every day we're dying and then, you know, experiencing change in something new. And I think that's just the process of process of nature and the process of life and change can be scary sometimes especially when you're free falling through that unknown or you're in the hallway waiting for another door to open after one's closed and that's where I think support comes in you know support groups therapy loved ones in your life friends you know your tribe that you can rely on so that you can get through those times that it takes a lot of courage you know I think in a way sometimes it seems like the easier the easier way out to drink it away or eat it away or smoke it away or just deny it or, you know, just make yourself numb in some other way or not want to face it. But that's really the harder way. The easiest way I found is to dive right into the pain. You know, the healing is in the pain. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't realize or we don't think about, that that is the solution, is to go right into the pain and feel the loss, feel the feelings of sadness or anger or just, you know, confusion, whatever it may be, because there are answers there for our future, Mm -hmm. because what that's going to do is help us experience something new. And whenever I've gone through grieving, it's so that I can experience something new in my life. It's not like the universe just wants me to go through these useless negative feelings or feelings that are tough. The universe wants me to get that out so that I can go on to something new. Yeah, absolutely. Very, you know, nicely said. I think that, I mean, it sucks. Who wants to be in pain? Who wants to feel heartbreak in whatever capacity? And all this is, everything that we're talking about, it all, you know, heartbreak encapsulates all of it. Again, whether it's a job, a person, a friendship, a marriage, your own identity, a paycheck, a pet, 
you know, it all comes down to a heart being broken, and that feels painful. Yeah. And who wants to face that? And I, I know so many people, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's easy for me to talk about other people, I'm sure even with myself, where I've prolonged going into the pain because it was more comfortable to sit in it, or it was easier not to crack open the situation or the relationship or whatever and just keep sort of, um, uh, you know, just kind of passively, like sleepwalking forward. Yeah. And then it takes something bigger to sort of crack it open and kind of force your hand, you know, um, and it really, it's its not fun, and it's not supposed to be fun, but I absolutely concur with you that it always leads to something better on the other side, always, and it always gets easier, and, you know, time heals as cliche and trite as it is. I remember, you know, once I, probably when I was going through grieving of my um, boyfriend that I mentioned earlier, where someone says, like, it doesn't go away, and the time heals thing sounds cliche, but it kind of, the pain moves from your gut into your head where it's just like kind of lives there in a safe, sweet place, but it's not overtaking your body. And, the, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it becomes manageable and it gets tucked away in a healthy way. Yeah, well, I think that's what we talk about when we say people's baggage, you know, it's like we start accumulating all this baggage from the time we're kids. And if we don't start, you know, facing it and getting rid of some of the baggage, the weight just starts to weigh us down so much that we can't even function in life. And so I think that, you know, again, is is part of the whole journey for everybody. We're all experiencing that. Um, but, you know, it's funny. But, well, it's not funny. I guess it's funny. You know, it's funny now that I'm on the other side. It's hilarious. Yeah, this, this is so funny. So, but I think for me, you know, as far as grieving in my life, when I talked about that cult-like experience I went through in my 20s a couple of weeks ago, like that has been a huge amount of grieving for me. And you know, I, I met these guys when I was in my, I, I was 23 and then I finally got back to New York when I was 29. So I pretty much lost my twenties. So it set me back to most of my peers. And so when I got back to New York, I was almost 30, but I felt like I was still in my early twenties because I lost all that time. And so I started to compare myself and sometimes I still do. I compare myself to people my age and I realized that it's almost like I was in prison for that time. And so life got put on hold and I've had to experience a lot of things later than most people, like having my first real long-term relationship that was healthy and loving and nurturing and really good for me. It took me a while to experience that because I had so much baggage to get through, not only what happened to me in my 20s, but even as a child. And so the interesting thing of it all, and, and you're listening to a guy talk about this who's been through years of therapy and tears beyond tears. And I mean... Just having nights by myself where I felt so sad about what I went through and what I missed, you know, feeling sorry for that kid in his 20s where everybody else seemed to be building a life and getting married and maybe having children or having a career or experiencing their dreams. And I was pretty much not able to do that. And so I've experienced that later, but a lot later than I thought. But the interesting thing is that it helped me grieve all the childhood stuff that was beneath it. It's like I just was repeating the same pattern that I experienced as a kid where, you know, I felt sad and I wasn't, you know, expressing those feelings and and I needed to get that out as well. So it's it's almost like um um a domino effect where one thing affects another and it's a cause and effect. And then eventually we really grow as souls. 
Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice way to look at it. And again, not to minimize anybody's grieving in, in whatever capacity, but there is something to be said for the fact that um, you, you know you're chipping away at layers. So something happens to you that sends you into a spiral of grief, and then usually um, beyond the fact that that circumstance in, or you know loss in and of itself warrants a lot of pain. So it's not to you know minimize that. But then if you kind of trace that thread back and back and back and back and back, it can become, like you said, the biggest learn, you know, uh, learning or uh, opportunity to really get in touch with where that source, like where that trigger began, you know, very, very early on. And again, maybe this is more relevant to jobs or identity or lost opportunities or, like you said, time, you know, wasted time or... Um, you know, the hope or the attachment to something that didn't happen. You know, these are all different little depths that we that we experience every day. Um, but often it's really not about that job or that person or that pet or, the, you know, it's, it's really about, um, you know, something that uh, was born in us, like you said, very, very early on that, has a, that, that sort of gets um, associated with whatever the loss is. Does that make sense? You know, and again, it's not to minimize the fact that, you know, it's perfectly legitimate and understandable and human that just by losing something or someone that you love, there's a lot of pain attached to that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And time takes time. You know, I've heard that expression. And so I think the takeaway from tonight is if you're hurting about a loss in your life, if you're grieving something, please allow yourself the time to grieve and to just feel whatever you're feeling. With that, this is the end of another episode of The Robin Kelly Show. Thank you, everybody around the world who's been listening. Shout out to Australia. We got listeners there tonight. <laughs> Gibraltar Home Improvements, thank you so much. Go to GibraltarHI.com if you need any home improvements. And if you want to learn more about us, you can go to TheRobinCallyShow.com. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening.